This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. He's a writer, civil and human rights activist, filmmaker, author of 15 books. His latest is a collection of poetry, Grocery Shopping with My Mother. Uh, he's a very powerful man. He literally has pow, just one R away in his name. He also happens to be uh, my birthday twin. So we, we share a lot uh, in terms of how we move in the world. Let me welcome the great Kevin Powell to the Karen Hunter Show. Hey. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Hi. Hi. Long time no see. Thank you for having me. I think since what was it, March, when we did the the Black Writers Conference, it's been a while. Yeah, you were on fire. It was like you came in with the same low low energy and then something sparked and then you got up. And I was like, oh, shoot, it's about to go down. Yes, I'm going to need that energy today because um, I, I bought 10 tickets. To, <laughs> well, oh, wow. yeah, well, so there's two things. Of course, I'm a support. But I'm also paranoid. I don't want people breathing on me. So, you know, I had to build a perimeter with seats around me. <laughs> so, so I'm like, I'm buying a seat in front, seats on the side. Yeah, I'm making sure. And then I did it at two theaters because I'm like, mm, algorithms. All right, I'm going to do it at another theater that's, you know, in Sea Caucus. So I did that uh, mm-hmm. with the reserve seating and bought five five tickets there. When did you see it? I feel like you might have seen a screening or something. No, no, I paid for it. I bought two tickets. I saw it on Thursday at 4 p.m. in Brooklyn at the Brooklyn Academy of Music. I was like, I want to see the first screening that's available to me that I can pay for. And um, it was incredible to experience. The, the, I, um, there were a number of, of, of women in general in the theater, but particularly older Black women, which was fascinating. And older black women like my mama who talks back to the screen. So it was really dope. You get, you know, with black folks, you get two shows, you get what's on the screen and then you get what's on, what's happening in the audience. And it was beautiful because it, you know, you realize this, this is a very unique experience for so many people. I mean, as I sat there, I, I, I was thinking to myself and even after, cause I, you know, such a heavy film, many layers outside of the movies of Cicely Tyson, when we were growing up, you know, Pam Greer as a kind of a superhero figure, but in a very different way with the black exploitation movies, you haven't really seen much of anything like this, you know, uh, led by black women uh, in this way. So it was really incredible to experience. Um, and I just, I'm, I'm ready to talk. I have a lot to say and I'm ready to hear your callers because okay. it's been a, a heavy weekend on social media with people in all different places talking about this movie. Yeah, we're going to get into that. Um, I even last night, because I, you know, I was catching up on some of my TV, so I watched Queen Sugar, and mm. I had filmed that. And then, you know, of course, they were um, pre previewing Oprah, Oprah Winfrey's sit down with Viola Davis. So I was like, okay, I got to watch that. So I watched yeah. that last night, and um, you know, Viola in this interview, she says, uh, and I wanted to to put this. She said with with Oprah, she every night she puts her daughter to bed. And she tells her story. She's been telling her story since she was a little girl. She made up stories, right? Made up stories. And her daughter said, mommy, mommy, put me in the story. Put me in the mm-hmm. story. And this was the inspiration for her doing this film because she realized of all of the works, everything that she, you know, she, and she is a trained thespian. You know, she yeah. has done everything. in other people's cultures, and I've often, me sitting here, I've often said, you know, trauma porn, 
Hollywood loves that when it comes to us, which is why they're going to give Oscars to 12 Years a Slave. They're going to give all the Oscars to, I just need to, to be clean, you know, the soap and all the, you know, like everyone who plays some downtrodden, oh Lord, you know, we get Oscars for like Miss Minnie in the pie. You is kind, you is, you know, like anytime. And I don't even know if it's on purpose because I think it's so baked into the culture globally that this is the position of blackness. And this is somehow it's cathartic for white folk to see us in these positions, right, of familiarity, you know, which is why it's kind of ironic. The first Oscar was won by Hattie McDaniel. Right. So and that throughout history, whether it's Denzel playing a corrupt cop or Halle Berry being a bedwinch or, you know, you go through Monique and Precious. Bedwinch, you know, like I don't know if that, you know, and and I love Halle Berry, but we get celebrated for roles that make them comfortable. Yeah. And we get to relive our trauma. In this movie, and to your point, Kevin, I don't think, and I was the only thing I could compare it to was Django at the end. (laughs) You know, it's like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. I, and, and but that was Quentin Tarantino and I can't really, you know, be but so because he's complicated for me. Not really. I really think he's. Eh. But this was Viola. This was Gina uh, Prince by the wood <laughs> or by the wood. Uh, this was black women and and John Boyega doing his best Denzel I have ever seen. I, if we're going to do a biopic on I Denzel, we need, we need John Boyega to play Denzel Washington because he brought, oh, he brought all of that. Mm. But it was, it was, it was something I hadn't seen before. It's incredible. It's incredible. Uh, there's so much I want to say, um, and I'll try to be as brief as possible, but I love You don't have to. We got a whole hour. Go ahead, bro. Talk. Or more. Talk your talk. Or more. Or more. It's up to you. Yes, ma'am. So it's, um, I've never seen anything like it in my life. You know, um, I sat there and I just digested it. And we're going to get to the historical accuracies and things like that. But I need people to understand because what bothered me this weekend where people were commenting on the film and they hadn't seen it all over social media, you know, because of this ridiculous. We're not even going to get into that right now, but I'm like, first, you have to see a film. And then you do your own independent research on stuff that you saw. You know what I mean? It would be like going to see Spike Lee's Malcolm X film. And you had never read the autobiography of Malcolm X. You had never listened to any speeches of Malcolm. You didn't know anything about Malcolm X. You know, but you're commenting on the film. Like, do your own deep dive. The purpose of a film, whether it is a completely fictitious film or it's more specifically if it's historical fiction, which is oftentimes what films are, because we're talking about, you know, with the woman King is two hours and 15 minutes, you know, and so you have a certain amount of time to put into this thing and you have to do, talk about what you're going to focus on. I think the film is incredible. The acting is amazing. The cinematography is amazing. The directing by Gina is amazing. You know, who we've seen, you know, for years, going back to her TV writing with Different World, you know, directing Love and Basketball. I mean, she's the secret life of bees. I mean, she has a, an accomplished career as a, as a black woman director. People don't talk about that enough. You know what I mean? Can, can we can uh, we change the language, Kevin? I just need to. As a director. Yes. As a director. As a director. See, because even mm, even calling this the woman king in African culture, Africans did not, ancient Africans put these demark, you know, they didn't draw boundaries around women and men and all, even the genderizing of things, but saying like, it's like black excellence. It's just excellence. She's, excellence. A, she's a great director. Period. Period. Gina is a great director. Viola is a great director, actress, period. You know, it's like people, 
always point to the scene in uh, Doubt where she's rolling with Meryl Streep, who arguably is one of the greatest actresses ever, without question. But like for me, it ain't just about Meryl Streep. I'm like, when I think about great actress, I think about Cicely Tyson up there. I think about Viola Davis at this point because her body of work is incredible. And you know, the thing that what the Woman King reminded us of, I feel, is that the cinema has existed for over a hundred years, but we have erased black women for over a hundred years from any kind of opportunities like this. You know what I mean? And it is it's tragic. You know, uh, 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 um, there's been many books and, 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 and articles about it, but it's just like, you know, I mean, yeah, they're black women. My mother worked in the fields. Yeah, my mother worked in people's kitchens, but we also have Karen Hunter. We have Viola Davis. We have people like my, my Aunt Birdie, rest in peace, who only had a grade school education when she migrated from the South to the North, got her GED, used the GED to get a nursing certificate, became a nurse and used that money to get a, a college degree, became a homeowner up and down the state of, 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 you know, the point I'm making is that we don't really ever see the complexities and layers of black womanhood like we just saw in The Woman King. We very rarely see it. And the interesting thing to me is even, you know, as, you know, is it believable? People are finding every kind of fault with it. I think that a lot of responses to the film are both sexist and racist. Racist. I mean, it's, it's, it saddens me, Karen, as a black man, as a black man, as a black man, to hear a number of brothers questioning just the title of the film without seeing the film, understanding what the film is about, you know, or I'm like, if you can go see the Black Panther film, then you should be able to go see the Woman King. If you can go see some other Marvel stuff, then you should be able to go see the Woman King. If you can go see Braveheart, then you should be able to go see Woman King. If you like action films, if you like war films, you want films that are layered in this kind of way, but it's just like, you know, some people have used things to hold them back. But the beautiful thing about this weekend is it made $19 million and it's the number one film in North America and is now projected to make at least $100 million. And that's going to be because of word of mouth, because sisters are going to be like, yo, we going. And some of us brothers, we will go. More of us need to go. You know, they said that black folks and white folks are the two audiences that are going to see this film. You know, I think that young people need to see the film. You know, the thing that hit me, too, and I'll end it here for a second, Karen, is if you go back, just Google it, y'all. Google Viola Davis's speech at the Toronto International Film Festival when she talks about being a dark-skinned Black girl, six years old, prostrate on the ground, being called ugly, all these names. Well, that's my mother she's talking about. That's so many Black women and Black girls that we've seen who, you know, if you don't fit into a certain kind of image of what so-called beauty is, you know what I mean? If you don't have a certain kind of nose or lips or hips or all of that, hair texture, et cetera. And we know that every single one of us is beautiful. All sisters are beautiful, no matter what they look like. And I feel like what this film is saying is that they are brilliant. They're beautiful. They're powerful. They're warriors. They help to build societies. You know, anyone who knows Black history knows that always has been the case. Ain't no civil rights movement without Black women. Ain't no Garvey movement without Black women. Ain't no Maroons in Jamaica without Black women. Ain't no, ain't no Haitian Revolution in Haiti without Black women. But, you know, the thing is that we have got to stop acting like black women don't exist. And I feel like this is what this film is doing. Now, if y'all want to get stuck on historical accuracies and the arguments about slavery and who enslaved who and who participated in the slave trade, I'm down to have that conversation as a scholar, as an intellectual, as a writer, as someone who loves history. But for a second, can we at least acknowledge the fact that for over a hundred years of cinema in the world, at least in America, which is the you know most powerfully cultural country in the world, we've never seen anything like this. His name is... Kevin Powell, in case you didn't know, um, all of the things. Can we spend some time, brother, talking about, because I feel like if we don't solve this problem, so I'm going to go back in time, all right? So brought here, however we got here, right? And yeah. historically, the the woman king deals with that complexity, yeah. 
I thought they did that brilliantly. I, I thought they too. did it seamlessly, actually. And it is it is what it is, right? And Lorie breaks it down even further if you go back and listen to her show today, Lorie Daniel Favors. But I want to talk about what 400 years of emasculation, mm. of placing, because <laughs> mm, I don't know what that feels like. Even the hierarchy that we follow, watching the queen and this whole, you know, <laughs> status of the child following the status of the father up unless we got to make money. This this whole system that we're under is twisted backwards and, and it's a big hypocrisy. There's one big hypocrisy, right? But on that plantation as a man, you couldn't have a wife. You couldn't have children. You couldn't have yourself. And in many ways, and I think about the old South after enslavement, there was no respite for black women with the brutality of black men who couldn't kick the oppressor. So the only place you bring your aggression is into the home. And that has been a secret, not so secret, because many of us lived through it, Kevin Powell. And I know because I've read your stuff. We've lived through it, right? But we don't talk about it. But that is actually foundational right now in how we relate to one another. So when you see the woman king, people are triggered by that because what about the black man? But I'm like, there's never been a paucity in support. There's never. But now there's this rift because there's a breaking point. At some point, the secret's not going to be secret. Hi, R. Kelly, Bill Cosby. You're seeing the, the dominoes fall, right? Nobody's going to be quiet anymore with the brutality. You're not going to just be able to do whatever you want, Irv Gotti. Not going to happen, right? But mm. also now there's an acrimony that I feel like if we don't fix, Kevin, yeah. the freedom that we all know is right there. Because it's right there. That's why we're seeing all of these things happen. It's right there. Let's stop the, the, the division. Stop the, the whole, I'm not, you, he's African or they're from the Caribbean. They're not really black. I'm not really black because I'm from, stop that and stop the woman, man, the, the black woman. She trying to take over for the man. Stop that. Stop that. Stop the man ain't ish. I don't need a man. Let's stop that. Let's stop all of that. Where do you think we are right now in terms of women, male? Come on, let's, let's have this conversation. Well, I mean, you know, my late teacher, Bell Hooks, Dr. Bell Hooks, always said we need to name what the problem is. You know, white supremacy or what people call racism, patriarchy, sexism, you know, male domination worldwide. Racism is a global system. Slavery is a result is one of the things that benefited from this global system, racism. And then this money thing, what some people might call capitalism. And so it's done great disservice to us from the very beginning. I mean, to me, you know, think about it, Karen, we've been in this game for a long time, 25, 30 years ago, we didn't use terms like trauma and trigger and mental health and mental wellness. But these, these are necessary terms that I'm so glad have become a part of our vocabulary. But then the question begs itself, well, where did this trauma come from? You know, and it's like, you know, uh, Brian Hurt has a film out that's very important right now called Hazing. And one of the most important things in the film, y'all can watch it on PBS Screaming, is when he starts to talk about some of the root causes of why are we, and I'm a, I belong to a fraternity, let me make that clear, I'm a proud member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, but what I do not support at this stage in my life and for the rest of my life is violence in any form. And I certainly am not going to support violence that I know is, is, is coming out of the oppression that I ended up internalizing when I was kidnapped from Africa, brought on those slave ships, the halls of, in the halls of slave ships through the Middle Passage, 
dropped off in places like Brazil and Cuba and Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic and Jamaica and Barbados and Trinidad and Tobago and Georgia and South Carolina, where my family's from, and knowing that that, that internalized oppression found its way on plantations, you know, women and men in all identities were raped, assaulted, brutalized. You know, it's interesting that we're having this conversation. I'm literally rewatching the original roots in between watching the woman king in the theater and you know you see that story of kunta kente who being told being stripped of his name your name is not kunta kente it's toby stop with that african stuff get rid of all that your your previous spiritual practices all of that stuff is is primitive it's evil it's not of god it's not what we think it should be you know they were assaulted in every kind of way and so we're talking about a people literally who have had an abusive relationship and then if you internalize that abusive relationship how are you going to find love with each other you know you start to forget wait a minute we came, we were kidnapped together we were brought on those slave ships together you know we worked in the fields together we worked in the house together we went through segregation together you know we survived wall street bombings and wilmington north carolina bombings and all these other bombings together and here we are in 2022 at each other's throats literally you know over the woman king the stuff i see on instagram and, and other social media platforms just like this this kind of uglyness but it's still back to what bell hook said if you don't understand the foundation of it you know, and how we're programmed consciously and subconsciously to hate ourselves and hate each other, we're not going to have healthy relationships. I mean, when you think about the woman king, why would I as a man, you know, why would I as a black man be upset that a movie is centering black women? Why would I as a heterosexual straight, so-called straight black man be upset that a brother who is uh, gay presenting is in the film and no one's making a big deal out of it? Well, there was, you know, I'm like, well, how can I say I'm anti-hurt oppression, discrimination, any of that stuff, if I turn around and do the same thing to other people who look like me. You, you feel what I'm saying? And so, you know, we have to uh, learn how to love ourselves. And the, the sad thing is that, you know, we've had so many things happen in the last 10, 15 years, you know, everything from Obama, the Obamas in the White House to, you know, Breonna Taylor, you know, uh, Sandra Bland, George Floyd, all these things have happened. So we've had these sparks, but what's been missing for us, Karen, in my humble opinion, is a kind of consistent movement of us where we raise our consciousness, where we can get past some of the stuff, just like how we had the civil rights movement mm -hmm. from 1955 to 1968, roughly, the way we had the Garvey movement in the 1920s, 100 years ago, where we were constantly saying to each, each other, you know, we are powerful, we are beautiful, we're in this together, we can't hurt each other, we can't hurt ourselves. We need, if one wins and everyone wins, what we should be saluting is that someone like Viola Davis, who's the same complexion as my mother, is not only an Oscar-winning actress, but she and her husband, Julius, Black Love manifested right there, producing partners, decided to risk everything and create a film that actually is going to save the lives of so many people, especially Black girls and Black women. I don't see how that's not a victory for all of us. You know, I just I just want us to, to understand, too, that if we're going to call for boycotts of things, then we should actually really be consistent about it. I don't see anyone calling for boycotts of some of the music videos that I've seen over the last 20, 25 years have some been of some of the most heinous minstrel-like images of Black people I've, that has existed since minstrelsy was the number one entertainment in the country from the middle of the 1800s through the middle of the 1900s at least. You know what I mean? And so it's it's we got to ask ourselves, who's 
who's programming this idea of quote unquote boycott this film? Y'all need to support the film, number one. You know, because I also think that there's a lot of cowards out there and a lot of people that are placed in certain spaces to kind of distract us and reroute us and say, don't support this film. And if you're a sheep, if you think like a sheep, if you think like, if you allow other people to think for you, then you'll just go, well, I'm not going to go see the film then because it's justifying slavery. And as you said, Karen, the film actually deals morally. You can see Viola Davis's character and other characters grappling with, you know, this this notion. And I think I, I need to say this. I need to say this because even Henry Louis Gates wrote an essay, an op-ed in the New York Times many years ago that really, really angered me. And I respect who he is. I respect some of the work that he's done. But, you know, this notion that black people just willingly participated, you know, in in enslavement of our own people. We need to be very clear about it. Europeans came to Africa with guns in one hand, Bibles in the other hand, and literally overwhelmed the continent of Africa. You know what I mean? And one of the, the tenets of racism, systemic racism, is classic divide and conquer. Let me put, let me pit people against each other. Let me create artificial boundaries. And so it's not as simple as saying, well, the Dahomey people participated in the slave trade. It might be that they had no other choice because if they don't do it, then they're going to be enslaved or they will be killed. And so we need to understand that it's very complex what happened to Africa. And you still see, I've been to Africa. I don't know how many of y'all have been to Africa, but I when I went to Nigeria and I saw that there were over 400 languages spoken in the country, you feel what I'm saying? These boundaries called Nigeria. And there's all these different types of people inside of this place called Nigeria. I said, this is all artificial because I know history. I understand the transatlantic slave trade. I understand how Europeans came together in the 1880s and started to carve up Africa. And I understand that part of the reason why World War I even happened was a result of the carving up of Africa and the Europeans fighting with each other over territory. Who's going to be the most powerful colonizer in the world? And so if we don't understand that then we'll have someone say to us, oh, you know, the woman king is about, um, 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 you know, black people enslaving black people. And I don't want to watch that. No, that's not what the movie is about. That movie is about in spite of everything that black people had to deal with. Here are these amazing group of women, you know, the Goji people, you know, who were called the you know African Amazonian women who literally were warriors who fought to try to protect themselves and their community as they were even grappling with this moral issue of slavery, which is no different than what we grapple with in Black America and other parts of the world when slavery was happening on this planet. Our people. Uh, Kevin Powell is here. He's going to be staying with us. We're going to go to a break. But what you said, if you have the energy to boycott the woman king and don't have the energy to boycott the 511 <laughs> rap songs that call me and you bitches, you an N-word, you a hoe, promoting all of the debauchery, all of the, the, the drug dealing and the sex and the violence and the killings in our community. If you're OK with that, but mad about this damn movie, have several seats. You don't you don't you you've lost all credibility to have any kind of conversation, period. He said everything that you ever wanted is on the other side of fear. And you know what? I feel like my entire life I have allowed myself to be defined by a culture. I have allowed myself to be defined by the naysayers. I was dropped in the middle of a profession that is all about deprivation. And so a lot of times you just allow other people to define you. And at 56 years old, I have come to the realization that I can define myself. This film is for the risk takers. I love you too. <laughs> 
on this film is for the risk takers. This film is for the people who maybe even are the naysayers who didn't ever believe that black women, especially dark-skinned women, can lead a global box office. This film is for the Tussos, the Lashanas, the Sheilas, the Adrians, the Siomas, the Jamies, the Sias, the Masalis, the black women who are out there on the periphery just waiting for the conduit, a vehicle, to shine your beautiful and glorious light. And I am proud to be a part of that. Really am. I said that this film was my magnum opus. But it's my magnum opus because it's everything that I ever dreamed it could be. That we can be humanized. We can be all of those things. But it's also for my six-year-old self that I sort of left prostrate, prostrate in, on the ground in Central Falls, Rhode Island. The little girl who was traumatized. The little girl who was called ugly. The little girl who was not seen, who was left invisible. I see you, Viola. We see you, Viola. Kevin Powell is with me. Somebody on Twitter said, can he come back every week? I wish he could. You know, I ask him frequently. <laughs> I think you asked with... me to do that, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did. I did. You know, I, listen, I know goodness when I see it, but I also know that goodness is I busy. No, no, you can't apologize for doing the work. Um, you know, we are greedy in the sense that, you know, when there is somebody who has your breath. I mean, you talk about being a, a student of Bell Hooks and Audrey Lord. We've talked about her as well. Um, th it, it is, you know, you've been poured into, you've done some things, you've made mistakes, you've come out of it, you've become a better human being because every day you work on it, your yoga, your 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 meditation, your spiritual walk. I mean, it's it's been amazing. We And we've kind of been on parallel, you know, um, trajectories throughout our careers, um, crisscrossing from here to there to be where we are right now. And it's no coincidence because the work was put in. So yeah, I would love to talk with you every day. So I'm oh, glad wow. that you're giving me this time. So thank you. All praises due to God, but thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.